Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Megan Young. Hey there, Megan. How's it going? Hi. It's going good. I, I want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. It is Megan Young, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. All right. So um, I welcome you to the show, Megan. And I like to get the show started just right into it. So why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, well, like you said, my name is Megan Young. I am 35 years old. I have one son, four dogs, a turtle, and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, I'm a almost licensed veterinary technician. Um, I've been in veterinary medicine actively for over a year, and if you include school, for about three years. It's been really fun. Fantastic. All right, I want to talk about all of that, but before I do, I start every show with a single question, so I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Megan? I got I want to say like about an eight or a nine, but I know the people who are going to watch this is probably going to say 10, 11. Yeah, why is I'm, that? I'm an odd person. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why would you even say that? Oh, I'm very spazzy. I am not afraid to just randomly burst into song or talk to myself at times or just I, I like really odd, weird things. That sounds like like my more normal That's day here, Megan. I like people. People probably say I'm about a ten or eleven. All right, wonderful. Okay, so this is the gamerpreneur. So I need your gaming cred, Megan. When did you start playing video games? Um, probably when I was about three or four years old. My parents uh, bought the NES when it first came out and uh, good night I remember being excited passing like the second level of Mario Brothers and I, I'm pretty sure my sister was the one that did it she just let me like hold the controller kind of she was about five years older than me and uh, later on my my mom and dad or my mom and my stepdad told me that um, they had actually opened up the box before they gave it to us because they were curious about what all this like new technology was about so uh, they were excited so they wanted us to to kind of participate in that which I thank them every day for Video games are a great way to unwind from the world. Absolutely. And at that age, it's a great teaching tool. Because how are you oh, supposed to know the princess is in another castle unless you can read what it says? I don't think I ever made it to the princess. <laughs> I was very for me as a child. I'll tell you, the very, very last Bowser castle is a pain because it's actually a maze. If you don't take the right path, you don't get to him. That's why I never got it. You can't expect a three-year-old to try to save the princess and memorize a maze at the same time. That's right. That's great. All right, so how did it continue? You started with the NES, and you're obviously still playing today. So, like, Absolutely. how did it progress? Uh, of course, first it was the NES. Everything was about the NES. Like, Mario, Zelda, Castlevania, Baldur's Gate. Oh, I loved Baldur's Gate. It was so weird. It kind of scared me. But it, it was very fun. And then, of course, I, I've never stopped. Every console, every year that something new comes out, I'm all on top of it. 
until recently when uh, my husband introduced me to PC gaming in the past, I would say about six or seven years. But yeah, so many games. Okay, so what do you play today then? Currently, uh, I'm, I'm super into Death Stranding. It's it's just so weird and different. It's so weird. <laughs> oh, like the first first ten minutes, I just kind of sat back in my chair with my mouth open, and I'm like, these developers were smoking something. They were on some kind of drugs or lots of monsters. Lots of monsters. <laughs> they were on drugs and lots of energy drinks to to create this. But at the same time, it was just such a beautiful game. I was blown away. And the fact that it is so different is what keeps me playing. I like really different, weird, not games. Like I'm, I'm not an FPS kind of person. I love it. Okay. Yeah. If you had to choose one game, all time favorite, which one is it, Megan? I was waiting for you to ask me this. Without a doubt, Chrono Trigger. Yes. Chrono Absolutely. Trigger. Although I will oh. give it like a quick, a good run against Super Mario RPG. Honestly, yeah. Well, Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VII, both of them just had massive, beautiful storylines, and it's just I've never seen another game merge abilities like Chrono Trigger or have those different timeline chops like Chrono Trigger. And the music, the sounds, the artwork, the just the fact that you know what? In both those games, the main character dies, and you're able to just flesh out and expand on the other characters, which is so fun. You don't see that very often in video games where you're, you're like your main dude, your main guy, just that's it. You're out of it, out of it for a while. Did you, uh, did you play Chrono Cross? I tried to, but you were as disappointed as I did. I did actually play Chrono Cross, but (laughs) it it just didn't have the same feel as Chrono Cross. It did not even close. Okay. I managed to get all, you, know, you remember how in Chrono Cross you could get like, I don't know, something like 20 something side characters yeah. or something ridiculous like that. I managed to get all the side characters, but um, it, it was at that point I realized it wasn't quite the same game. It wasn't and I was kind of sad. Okay. So let's hop over to the preneur part. I appreciate that. Uh, can you kind of give me your professional background? How did you end up where you are today? Ooh, it was a long road. I've always known ever since I was young that I wanted to work with animals. Ever since I could talk and couldn't pronounce veterinarian properly, my mom still makes fun of me. I used to say I want to be a vegetarian while I'm like eating this T-bone steak. And um, so it it started off with really young. I grew up on a dairy farm. So naturally I love animals. And uh, I kind of bunny rabbited down different trails. I, I ended up being in banking for a while, realized I hated banking. I, I hated handling money. It, it just felt like it's passed through so many hands. It just feels kind of dirty, which is funny considering the, the stuff that I handle now. <laughs> um, and then I always, I always tell people, if you're at a job and it feels like that job is sucking your soul out, it's time for a different job. So at about 33, 32, I decided to go back to school to go to veterinary technician school. Um, I realized I did not want to be a vet, but I still wanted to work with animals. And that was, you know, I don't consider it a step down at all. I consider it just a different path. And uh, after school, I ended up at an amazing clinic externing there. And 
just I feel like I lucked out when they were like, do you want a job here? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Fantastic. It's great medicine. It's fun every day. It's hard. It is, it is harder than I thought it could ever be for a job. Can you but elaborate on that a little bit? What exactly do you do as a vet tech? Um, th there's this there's this running joke in veterinary medicine where oh I'm gonna go play with puppies and kittens all day and you know what sometimes it is you get to play with puppies and kittens um, but it's also the emergency that comes in and it's also uh, trying to save an animal's life which can be super hard mentally and emotionally physically. Um, and, you know, it's not just about the animals. It's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand about veterinary medicine. A, a lot of it's about people. I mean, without people, we wouldn't have animals be coming in. And you end up kind of being part grief counselor and medical advisor for these people who are, who are genuinely scared about their, their family members. Um, it's kind of... It's kind of glossed over whenever you say, oh, I work with dogs all day, uh, that there are those hard aspects of the job. Um, and not only the, the emotional and mental stuff that goes on, it's also physically exhausting. I mean, try wrestling a 120-pound mastiff so that you can clean its ears out, you know? <laughs> and it does not want you to touch its ears. Um, and the physical part, of it, it's also, it can also be a very dangerous job. Um, there have been a lot of times where I've almost been bit, I have been bitten, um, where we have to take precautions because as, as veterinary professionals, we want the animal to be happy and healthy. So we're trying to do our best while this animal's trying to eat your face off and take care of it at the same time without, you know, without trying to stress it out. It's, it's a lot of balls to juggle in the air. How do you cope with all of that? That's a, it seems like a lot of different things you have to handle all at once and you have to not be a puddle on the floor. It, it's everyone, everyone in this, in this line of work has their own coping mechanisms. And some of them, you know, some of them aren't as healthy as others. Uh, I do cope a lot with that with video gaming, um, video games and anime and comics. Uh, it's a great escape for me. It's, it's kind of a relief sometimes to just sit down put myself in the seat of someone else who's, I mean, let's face it, all of our heroes save the world. Um, and being able to just let go of reality and be in that video game and enjoy the storyline and immerse yourself in that. And that's, that's helped a lot with not just, not just my career, but with my life in general, every time things get hard, it's really nice to sit down and get lost in another world. Fantastic. Okay, so part of the purpose of my show is to show other people or the gamers that there are different possibilities out there for different lines of work. You know, we're not just pigeonholed to stereotypical gamer stuff. We can do whatever we yeah. want. So how would somebody go down the path of becoming a vet tech or a veterinarian if that was their choice? Surprisingly, it's a lot easier than people think. <laughs> if you want to work with animals, work with animals. You can start off at rescues. You can start off at... Um, volunteering and that's just like the small uh, steps that you can take if you don't want to fully delve into the medical aspect uh, now if you want to go down the line of uh, veterinary technician or licensed veterinary technician which they they do just as much work as nurses um, you do have to go to uh, school um, an accredited veterinary technician school uh, if you want to get licensed now 
let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. That's not the only way you can become a vet tech. Um, there, there are people who come in and off, you know, just out of nowhere, and they're they're all of a sudden like, I want to work with animals. And a lot of clinics are willing to hire you with no experience, um, and help train you help train you on the job, kind of old school, you know, apprentice type, take you under the wing. The older techs will teach you how to draw blood, teach you how to do lab lab work and look at the microscope for certain things and properly and safely hold an animal. Um, School does help because it tells you why you do the things you do, but it's not until you get into the clinic that you learn how to properly do the things that you're taught. Um, But it's, I wish I had known almost how easy it was to be a vet tech or else I would have done it years ago. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Uh, how's the pay? How's the what? How's the pay? <laughs> Let me put it this way. It is a labor of love. You are not going to get rich working with animals. And that, that's that. I mean, we do, we do a lot of work and it's a lot of grueling, like I said, mental, physical work. Um, but I, the, one of the first things I told us in vet school or veterinary technician school was you are not going to get rich. You're not going to be able to, the pay's not horrible. Let me put it this way before it, the pay's not horrible. Uh, depending on where you work, you can make quite a lot of money, especially if you go into specialty practice, such as, um, oncology or ophthalmology, dental, uh, practices that specialize in certain areas of an animal. Um, but general practice, uh, it, it's okay. <laughs> it's better than working at the bank, but it's not as good as an actual nurse's pay. Let's put it that way. It, the The pay rate across the board, across the country is just so vastly different. I, I couldn't say one price point. Okay. Well, you were lucky. That was one of the first things they told you in school. I had to wait until my end of my first year after they cleared two checks from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we actually, no, it was funny, funny, funny story. They told us that the first day, first class, they're like, if you're here so that you can make a lot of money, you need to leave now because you're not going to make a lot of money doing this. You do veterinary medicine because you are in love with what you do. You, you want to help the animals. You want to make them better. Um, and we actually did. We had a girl walk out because she was like, this is what I signed up for. I thought I'd make money doing this. And, and we're like, Bye. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what makes you special, Megan? What what unique skills do you have, or what you know? What makes you good at what you do? Well, you know how hard it is whenever you you have to answer like it, it's hard to think positively about myself. I don't I don't find myself very special. I find myself a very average person, average tech. I would say if anything special about me, I always try to bring positivity to whatever situation I'm in. Um, It's a hard world out there, especially nowadays. I really try to make people smile. I really try to stay positive and, but in the same aspect, that makes it really easy for people to tell when I'm upset, (laughs) but I really want people to be happy. Like that's it. I just, I want people to be happy around me. Beautiful. Okay. So you've been doing this for a couple years now, you said? Yeah. Okay. About roughly three years? If you add in my school, it'll be about three and a half years. Yeah. Okay. So Megan, if you go back three years and you could talk to little Megan, 
I know it's just a little bit littler, right? And you can <laughs> tell her everything that's going to go on over the next three years. But here's the one thing you have to know. What is it you tell her? Be more confident. You know what you're doing. Like you, you've read the stuff. You've practiced. You, you know what you're doing. And uh, one of the big things I would tell her is it's going to be harder than you ever thought it would be. You will have to turn off your video games so that you can, <laughs> I did, um, so that you can actually concentrate. And it didn't take me until year two of school to realize this is, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot to learn between all the animals, physiology that you have to learn. Um, but you can do it because there are a lot of times that I would like kind of break down in my car on the way home and be like, what am I doing? What am I can't do this. You know, like just give myself a little more confidence. And I, you know, you know, your family says you can do it. And my husband said I could do it. And, and you know, but it's a little different when you have self-confidence. Certainly. what did they make you dissect in school? Dissect? Oh God. Oh God. I have a great story about this. <laughs> we dissected a lot of things in school. Um, we actually had a, uh, I think the weirdest thing I dissected was a beaver. Beaver. That's a beaver. <laughs> and uh, oh, you will never forget the smell of a marine mammal. Mammals that live in the water smell horrible. Like, oh, it's so bad. Um, You're talking fresh, but, even with the formaldehyde. No, it, it was it was fresh. We were actually doing what's called a necropsy. And um, it's kind of like an autopsy, except it's for animals. We were trying to figure out why it had passed away. Um, this was very sudden that it passed. And when, when you, just when you open it up, it's just this plume of, of kind of like rotten seawater fish. It, it was awful. But um, I'll tell you a fun story. We, we also had a, a calf that we had to do a necropsy on. It, it just, it passed away. It was kind of deformed. And um, I took it, a, this is going to sound really creepy. You have to remember there's a fine line in medicine where it's kind of creepy and kind of fascinating at the same time, <laughs> which is funny because I can do this in real life, but I can't play a horror video game. I have to have my <laughs> husband play them while I watch because I enjoy horror. I just can't do it myself. Just, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'll watch it all day long. Just don't give me the controller. <laughs> it, yeah, no. The first time my husband gave me the controller was when Dead Space came out. Dead and Space. He's, that first yeah. save point. I'm done. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Like, he was like, just play it. Just play it. I'm right here with you. Just play it. And then everything exploded. Things started coming at me. I screamed and threw the controller at him and said, don't let me die. Don't let me die. <laughs> and then that, that was the point when I realized, yeah, I'm not going to play this game. But um, back to what I was saying, so uh, as part of a project, what I ended up doing was, uh, don't judge me, <laughs> this, this calf uh, was not able to survive despite our best efforts because it was deformed. It didn't have a fully functioning digestive system. It literally had no exit to where its rectum should have been. I'm sorry if I'm getting graphic. That's all right. Um, I just don't, I don't want people to get the wrong idea of thinking that we just chop up animals all the time. Um, but I, I ended up, I ended up skinning one of the, the calf's legs because I, I was showing 
other people, the muscle underneath and how the muscle connected to the ligaments, the tissue connected to the bones and um, like how the body movement moved. And it was also kind of part of our anatomy where we were learning where these muscles and ligaments were. And uh, the teacher doctor that was overseeing everything came over and she was like, you should tell your husband to be careful because you're really good at this. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment, but I'll take it. It's great. It's great. Apparently I was very good at, at skinning. Your, your number is now online for the underworld to call you up. Hey, we need to remove something. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was very, it was very fun, uh, interesting learning time. And I, I always saw it as this. Yes, it was very, very sad that the calf could not live. Um, but he gave us so much information. Um, he gave us the ability to observe these deformations that happened inside of him. And uh, not only that, but we ended up learning uh, about the heart through him, about the lungs, um, muscle, tissue, connected segments. Um, and it, a lot of people are visual learners. Uh, that's one thing you have to learn really quick when you're learning uh, any kind of medicine is, are you a visual learner, book learner, are you a repetitive learner? Um, and when you can hold something in your hand and say, okay, this is where the blood comes in, this is where the blood comes out, it, it can make someone learn better, which in the long run can make, uh, make your prognosis better on a living animal. Certainly. So I have my yeah, own. Sorry, uh, that was. So I have my own um, animal anatomy story. So I took um, human anatomy in, in high school. It was a college level class in high school, and so they brought in the cat, you know, the formaldehyde cat. And, yeah. And my uh, teacher had gotten a deal with a butcher shop to get a bunch of pig hearts, and so mm -hmm. me and like four other guys were the only ones brave enough to grab these clearly still bloody pig hearts, and we're like, oh, these are really cool, and one of us decided to squeeze them. And the blood oh. out. Next thing we know, we have blood squirt guns going on in class. Yep. Yeah, it's a pump. <laughs> it's, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. <laughs> that's my little story. So who had to clean that up? Uh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have any advice for anybody wanting to get into the field? What, what's like the one or two things they need to know? Uh exercise yeah, don't be squeamish <laughs> exercise don't you can be okay i i and an, uh, a co-worker of mine and it's funny uh we cannot stand ticks and considering we work with with dogs and cats and they usually have ticks sometimes unless they're on pretty good fleeing tick preventative um uh you can be squeamish but there are sometimes you just gotta suck it up and uh, go but one of my, one of my main, uh, one of my main words of advice is exercise. Um, exercise, invest in a good mattress, invest in a good pillow, and invest in non-slip shoes. Um, also, you are going to get urinated on, defecated on, thrown up on, uh, all kinds of weird, gross stuff. Which I guess goes back to the you, you've got to not be squeamish sure. yeah but as a mother you already had that covered <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, i'm sitting here like my toddler still does handle, that to me <laughs> <laughs> i can handle the animal stuff better than the human stuff uh because animals can't help it animals i always see animals as as uh, innocent you know they, they always have a reason for doing what they do even when they're aggressive even when they want to tear your face off there's usually a reason behind it so i can tolerate their 
stuff better than human stuff. Okay. Okay. So Megan, um, is it okay if I get a little personal for a second, if possible? Sure. Um, I believe that we learn the most in life from our failures, not necessarily our successes, because when you get smacked in the face and knocked down, you have to figure out, you know, what happens, stand up, dust yourself off and then move forward. So I'd like to ask, what do you consider your biggest failure in life and what did you learn from it? That is a very personal question. Uh, I don't want the certain people who watch this to take this the wrong way. I think, um, I think the biggest, one of my biggest failures in life was not doing more for myself. I'm very much a, a giving kind of person. And, um, I had my son when I was very, very young. I, I was 18. And one of the things that me and his biological father thought would be right would be, you know, societally get married because you have a kid. Um, I wish that I had the ability at the time to stand up and say, it's not right. Um, and kind of go forward with what I wanted in life. Cause I think I would have been in, in this career path a lot sooner if I had, cause I was headed that direction anyway. And then, you know, it kind of, it kind of got interrupted a bit. Um, and that's where I went on the bunny rabbit path of going through banks and, and trying to get this job that it just, I absolutely hated. And, and I think if I had, I I've been kinder to myself. I would have been able to achieve this sooner. Um, but that being said, that did teach me to do a little bit more things for me, to be able to be like, this is exactly what I want. This is exactly where I'm going to go. And this is exactly what I want to do. Um, it took 30 something years to learn how to do that, but I'm better late than ever. You know, I'm still, I'm still relatively young, I feel. So it's, it's a good thing to learn to try to, I guess, stand up for what you want. It's not a selfish thing, Fantastic. like I, I always thought. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. All right, what is something you're working to improve on in yourself today? I, I'm, still, I'm still wanting to be a better veterinary technician. It, it's a lot of information. There's always something to learn. That's why they call it practicing medicine, not I know the medicine. Um, they're, they're still every single day that I'm learning something new and I just, I, I can't, I can't wait to be a better tech. I can't, I can't wait to, I, I see some of the, the people that I work with. Um, there's a, there's a gentleman I work with and he just blows me away with his knowledge every day, but he's been in this career for years and years and years. And I always joke with him. I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. Um, and I just, I want to be better at what I do. I want to be able to be the person that people turn to and they're like, this is the person that you need to help you get this done. And, uh, it, it's just one of those things where I want to be there already. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Megan, this has been a fantastic interview. How do people find you or how do they reach out to you if they'd like to? Well, I have a Facebook. I don't have a big social media presence. I, um... I, I just, I, 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 I'm lazy, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I don't really, 
do a lot on there. But if they have questions on veterinary medicine or uh, if they would like a kind of a, a path, there's tons of information out there. And they're more than welcome to try to reach out for me on Facebook if they have questions concerning veterinary medicine. I just hope I didn't offend anyone with uh, some of my weird stories. This is not the weirdest interview I've had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not <even> close. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, this has been absolutely fantastic, Megan. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Um, no, I think we did pretty good. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Do you have any pets that uh, you're curious about? Or do you have any common myths or misconceptions that you'd like to sure, start out? I got to start handing out some quick vet medical advice. Um, I have a cat. Now, within reason. He's six years old or so. Um, he's starting to get some spots in his ears and in on, his, on his skin. I don't know if I should be concerned about that. Do you want to know what my main medical advice to most people is? Go see a vet. Take him to the vet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a, that, that's one of the things like yeah I might could I could I might could say it could be this it could be this it could be this but ultimately I, I understand <laughs> <laughs> all right well on that note thank you so much Megan Young this has been absolutely fantastic I genuinely appreciate you coming on with us today well thank you it was a lot of fun Absolutely. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur. <laughs> <laughs>